0: Hey guys, guess what? Looks like Drury's looking pretty good so far. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Caniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we're back with another episode of the Kaniak Report. What a great win against Buffalo, as that's going to be the only game we are going to be talking about. And by we, I mean me, because Sam Driscoll is not going to be in this episode. He is away for the weekend, as we had discussed the last episode. So it's just going to be me. So, uh, first things first, we are going to go through some NHL news. Uh, No Canes news. Uh, Kane's news line has kind of been quiet lately. I think the news that we're all kind of hoping for from the Canes is as an updated status on Frederick Anderson. Uh, but no news right now. It's been it's been a little bit slow on that front. But then, but after that, we're going to go to our sponsors, and then it will be the Buffalo game, and I'm going to preview the upcoming road trip that the Canes are going to have. So uh, before we even get to all that, one, one thing I do want to talk about our podcast on, I um, just wanted to let you guys know, if you follow us on Instagram, I'm sure you have probably noticed uh, that there's not really an Instagram story for um, every single intermission or a story after every game. I just want to let you know that is on me. I control all of the Instagram aspects of the podcast. Even though I gave the login information to Sam, he doesn't really use it at all. Uh, so it adds entirely on me and I'm sorry if I really haven't really been posting that much uh, for the game. I always try to post during the intermissions and at the end of the game and also try to do like a little uh, preview of the game. Uh, Before it starts as well. Sometimes I forget those and I'm sure you guys have noticed I just want to say I am sorry for that, uh, but there are times where just Life gets busy and considering I'm the only one um, using um, kind of using the Instagram account uh, for our podcast It it is a little bit hard. So just I I just want to tell you guys um, Sorry that I haven't been doing that consistently But also at the same time, um, it is hard at the same time to try and do that, especially uh, since uh, both Sam and I do have full-time jobs. So I'm going to try and be more consistent, but there are going to be times where I just can't. Uh, The best thing uh, for me, I know, is probably just to communicate with you guys moving forward. So that's that's mainly me that you are seeing on those Instagram stories uh, that I have been posting. Uh, so now we're gonna go on to some NHL news and the first piece of news now we've already kind of talked about this the last episode we mentioned it but I didn't think we kind I didn't think we um, did that in the right way because we just mentioned it but there was a trade and it was the uh, Zadarov trade to Vancouver And uh, in that trade, I'm going to pull that trade up here. Obviously, it was a little bit of a cap dump type of move from Calgary. Even though they got a third round pick, and as I'm reading this correctly, of course, off of Cap Friendly, uh, Calgary gets a 2024 fifth round pick. It's conditional along with a 2026 third round pick from Vancouver. Now that condition is, is if Calgary will receive the best of the fifth round picks that Chicago owns. So that's the condition, and of course Nikita Zadorov is uh, going to Vancouver. He has a three point seven point, sorry, a three point seven five million dollar contract uh, going to Vancouver. It, it's a little bit of a cap dump from Calgary, but obviously Zadorov he did want out. In Vancouver, we have known for a while. If you follow the NHL, that they need defensemen. So I think this trade. Uh, I think both teams kind of win a little bit. Uh, Calgary gets a uh, third-round pick that can be uh, pretty useful. I mean, a third-round pick is a. It, I mean, it doesn't garner a lot of value, but it's some value that you're getting from Zadaroff. And Zadaroff, if for you guys who don't know, is he is a defenseman. That plays a very pretty physical game. He's a big guy. I just imagine uh, him being paired with Tyler Myers on that third pair. I think that's what it is. I'm going to check just to be sure. But if that is a pair, uh, that is a very scary pair. Um, yes, they, it's actually the second pair as uh, the third pair consists of Ian Cole and Noah Juleson. Uh, they probably maybe want to upgrade that third pair a bit, but Zadorov and Myers they're they're Zadorov is six <laughs> six and Myers is six eight. That is a big physical pair right there for Vancouver and uh, we'll see how Zadorov does in Vancouver. Vancouver is off to a pretty pretty good start um, to the season. And I've always knew. If you guys had have listened to uh, a past episode where we predict the standings, I thought Vancouver had pretty good weapons, and they do, and they're proven it. They're sitting right behind Vegas as second in the Pacific Division. Uh, So that is the trade, and the next piece of news that I want to talk about is Tyson Berry apparently announced he wants to be traded out of Nashville. Uh, This came as a little bit of a shock to me because I thought things were a little bit going fine in Nashville. Uh, They've been kind of on a tear recently. I think they've won six games in a row. Although, uh, yeah, they have lost the last two games, which was... Uh, last night, as I'm recording this, against the Rangers, and they lost against Minnesota, uh, who had fired their uh, head coach and Dean Evanson. Uh, so um, Minnesota, um, actually, I, they're kind of having a bit of a bump in that coaching change, but I, I don't know if that's going to last. I think that's the question with Minnesota because you because any team, no matter what, if there is a coaching change. Uh, In the short term, there's going to be a bit of a bump in your performance, which is good for the team, but it doesn't always translate to long-term success. Uh, So Minnesota is a little bit of an interesting team there, but uh, Tyson Berry wanting out of Nashville. I mean, I do think there is a market for defensemen out there. Uh, Toronto, I think, is in the market for defensemen. And I think there are a couple of other teams that probably want to shore up on defense as well. Uh, But I know Toronto is really one of those teams that wants defensemen. So, uh, there is that piece of news. It's interesting. Tyson Berry is a right-handed defenseman. And he has a bit of an offensive... uh, He plays an offensive game. Kind of like a little bit like a... uh, Tony D'Angelo and Brent Burns type of player. Another piece of news that I do want to talk about is Dougie Hamilton. If you remember him, he's now with New Jersey now. For those of you who don't know, Uh, he got put on IR from New Jersey. And the reason why I really wanted to say this is because New Jersey, they're a division rival. So when you see a player like Hamilton, who you know is a very good offensive defenseman for them, Uh, That's going to hurt New Jersey. And New Jersey right now, even though I think they might be a little bit improving right now, uh, they're still outside of a playoff spot at the time we're recording this. And I do think New Jersey at some point, I mean, it's still early in the season. I still think New Jersey is going to go on a run and and get grab a playoff spot. I just think New Jersey's too talented right now to not be outside of a playoff spot. But if you look at the standings right now, the Metro and the Atlantic is going to be a dogfight. And I could totally see a scenario where if you are not part of the top three in the Metro, you could be outside of the playoffs. Uh, because I think the Atlantic has uh, probably a little bit better quality teams. Uh, so I think it could end up being like that to where top three in the Metro are the only teams that make the playoffs. And hopefully Carolina's one of them, obviously. Uh, b- because other than maybe you could say the Rangers, no team has really solidified the playoff spot in the Metro. So it's very interesting, and I do think uh, with a lot of uncertainty on who's going to be in the playoffs is good for the league. Even though I don't like that the Hurricanes uh, haven't solidified a playoff spot yet, I do think that is good for the league. Uh, Obviously, as a Canes fan, though, I don't like it at the same time. So... uh, With Dougie Hamilton being put on IR, that is concerning for the Devils. They lose a huge offensive threat. Um, So it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Obviously, New Jersey, I think in response to that, brought up Simon Nemec, uh, who is a highly coveted prospect for New Jersey. And it seems like he's been playing decent, Uh, but we'll see. Uh, what happens with New Jersey going forward. And the last piece of news I do want to talk to you guys about uh, before we get to the Buffalo game is that apparently Montreal extended one of their three goalies. Uh, Montreal and Detroit are a couple of teams in the NHL that actually have three goalies in their system, and I could totally see one of those teams uh, trading one of their goalies to us because I think we probably need it. I think the easiest solution that the Canes could do is sign Halak. And if he doesn't want a conditioning stint, I think that is fine at this situation right now that the Canes are in. Now, uh, Kachekov obviously played pretty solid, but uh, with the extension of Samuel Montembeau uh, to a three-year, $3.15 million contract, that, kinda t- that, that really takes him off the market to be traded. Because it's obvious Montreal wants to keep him. So it, it's definitely interesting. And I, and I think that is very important as Carolina, I think. And they should be looking for a goalie. And it's also really nice, too, that teams like to keep players with by the name of Sam. I think that's a very good strategy. <laughs> so uh, that is all for the NHL news. Now we are going to get to the Buffalo game. But before we do, let's get to our sponsors bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook download the app now and use code THPN new customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just five dollars on hockey that's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL the crown is yours Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call eight seven seven eight 8 help ny or text HELP-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boo Hill Casino and Resort, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus pass expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 23. All rights reserved. All right, the Buffalo game. Wow, what a complete game the Hurricanes had. I thought this was probably the most complete game Carolina has played this season. I thought they controlled the puck. Uh, through pretty much all 60 minutes. Funny thing, uh, before we even uh, started this game, Brendan Moore announced that it was Kachekov that was going to be in goal, as Ranta was... Well, the reason was was because Ranta was not feeling 100%. Which, I'm like, okay, he's not feeling 100%. You do want to go with the goalie that is mostly feeling up to it. So, I understand... Why Brendan Moore said that. But I can tell probably when that was announced, we were all nervous. I was nervous uh, when it came to time to announce that Kachekov was going to be the starter. But you know what? He bounced back. And to be honest, I'm just going to say this uh, out out of the bat here. I think starting Kachekov probably... And obviously, it's easy to say this looking back now that we've won this. It's probably good that he started this game. And the reason why I say this is because, I mean, you do terribly against the Islanders. And I think Kachekov would say that if he could speak English fluently. Um, that he was was not good against the Islanders. I think all of us can agree on that. Uh, But I think it could possibly be very good for him to start against Buffalo because it means that he has to get right back on the ice. And he doesn't have a lot of time to mellow in that loss against the Islanders. Obviously, it's easy to say right now, considering Hurricanes have one against Buffalo, but I, I, I think there is a good argument to have when um, advocating for Kachekov to play the Buffalo game over Ronta. Now, Ronta, obviously, we all know he is made of sandpaper, or not, sorry, not sand, sandpaper, but just made of paper mache, as Adam Gold would like to say, but... I, I really uh, think Kachekov starting against Buffalo probably was a pretty good move. Even though I do think Brendan Moore was leaning toward Ronta until Ronta said, Oh, yeah, I'm not feeling well. And Brendan Moore then circled back to Kachekov, and Kachekov really responded well. In fact, I thought that was the uh, difference between. Uh, the players playing in front of him in the Islanders game and the Buffalo game. We won because we got good, solid goaltending. And Carolina, I really did think they played well against the Islanders, just like they did. They played well against Buffalo. Uh, the difference was goaltending, it really was. And I think if we can get solid goaltending while playing like that against both the Islanders and Buffalo and even Tampa to some extent even though Carolina got some discipline issues in the Tampa game they played very well 5 on 5 recently and if they can play like that they're going to win lots of games they 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 just star now i do think that in the Buffalo game Carolina played a, probably a little bit better defensively than the Islanders game uh Especially Seth Jarvis, because Seth Jarvis obviously uh, did not play well defensively, in my opinion, against the Islanders. I thought he was responsible for the shorthanded goal that Holmstrom had against the Islanders and the overtime goal. I believe Barzell got the overtime. I could be wrong on that. But... Carolina, I thought, played a little bit better defensively against Buffalo, but the attack was pretty much the same as the Islanders game. And that's what we need going forward. So we're going to talk about the goals game because there has been a lot of goals last night, which is really, really good. Oh, and another thing, too, um, when it comes to bad goaltending, Um, I think that is the main thing the Hurricanes are having an issue with. Here's the thing. Kachekov had a solid game against Buffalo, but even with that solid uh, game against Buffalo, I still think Carolina needs to be proactive and still get a goalie. I really do. And I really think it is mainly a goaltending problem. I have seen a lot of... Uh, speculations on X of being like, you know what? I think it's our goaltender plus that's the issue here. Honestly, I think it's just the goaltending. And the reason why is because I think Carolina has been playing very well. And if you look at the shots on goal, especially in the Tampa game and the Islanders game, I mean, what more could you ask for from your defense when you're only limiting them to only a certain amount of shots, like 14 or 16? Like, you got to give credit where credit's due. If your defense is limiting shots, then they're doing, I think, the purpose that was given to them in playing defense. Because as you're playing defense, you're trying to shut down good quality opportunities. Now, there were quality opportunities, obviously, for Tampa, Islanders, and maybe the middle stack goal here in Buffalo. But I really do think the main source of the problem is goaltending, not goaltending plus. I really think that is has been part of the problem, but it wasn't a part of the problem against Buffalo. So, first period, obviously, as I'm bringing up the game here. You have Ajo scoring from Jarvis and Slavin. I thought that was a very nice goal. It was such a clean shot from Ajo as Jarvis. Well, I mean, it kind of all all started with Slavin um, flipping the puck um, into kind of middle ice as Jarvis gets to the puck, does like a um, – a backhand pass to Ajo as he goes in for the drive and he scores. That's a very great goal. And then you have Drury scoring from Natchez and Sheffield. I thought Natchez was responsible for 90% of that goal. Even, even though Drury, um, he got himself another goal who has been producing goals. I'm really happy for Drury that he's actually starting to get the goals now, and I'm really liking Natchez on that fourth line. Because Natchez, ever since he's been put on that fourth line, I think Natchez has been doing fantastic. So, uh, great great goal from Drury, but I really thought all that hard work was because of Natchez's speed. And when you put Natchez's speed on that fourth line, uh, you're going to give the other team's fourth line headaches. And if Natchez can play like he's been playing the past couple games, then I think we are going to be scoring a few goals because we are going to utilize that very well. At least we should be. So it's 2-0 heading into the second. Carolina's winning. They have all the momentum. And in that second period, Carolina just puts more salt into the wound as it's Ajo scoring from Sveshnikov and Burns. This was on a power play. And uh, that was a great... Great goal from Ajo with a great pass from Svech. There's a good uh, play-by-play goal right there. Burns uh, makes a play by passing it to Svech. Svech passes it to Ajo, who's kind of all alone in the bumper position on that power play. And obviously Ajo scores. He is having himself a night. And then, to me, this was, I thought, the play of the game right here. You have Slavin uh kind of uh doing um oh I can't remember what uh Trip and Chain said about it that the whole uh flipping the puck into the neutral zone thing. But Slavin, he was able to do that because it was a clean face-off win. And you had Natchez really trying to get that puck, and as he gets it, he gets a breakaway, and then he makes, I think, a game of the year pass so elite to Nason, and Nason scores on basically a wide open net. That was such an elite play. And even though I was at the game, I did not hear Trip and Shane um, commentate. Uh, but from what I've heard, and and I actually did hear it after the game because I. Because I've heard actually before listening to him that the commentary was completely different compared to the last games because there was no play by play guy. It was just two guys comment um, doing a commentary on the hockey game. There wasn't really play by play, and unfortunately, Mike's father he's kind of the only person that can do it, but he's out um, because his father passed away, and I I hate really really hate that for Mike uh, my thoughts and prayers are with him and his family as we mentioned that in our previous episode but you just had Shane and Tripp just talking about the game and they had Don Waddell in the second period and I thought I thought it was pretty good um, when it, when it comes to watching the game it's probably a different experience when you're just listening to the game like on radio but I thought it was really good, and I just want to talk about the Nason goal in particular. That had me laughing so hard because they're right when Nason scored, both Tripp and Shane both said, Hello, and I laughed so hard. I thought that was great, and I, I give props to both Shane and Tripp for just doing a new style of comment, of, of broadcasting for the Hurricanes on that game. I don't think they're gonna do it again, but I thought that was really nice. And I give props to the whole broadcasting team, and that includes Hannah Yates. Uh so it's four to nothing. Uh Kane's winning and then you have Tara Vinon scoring on another power play goal from Svetch and Burns. Uh what an elite elite shot I thought that was and an elite pass. Like that pass from Svetch had a very nice drive to it and Tara Vinen, uh he really elevated that shot so well. He had a gaping net because he really faked Eric Comrie, who was in goal for Buffalo. Just a great goal, and it's four nothing. And in the third period, yeah, you might have a little bit of pushback from Buffalo with middle stat and uh, Joe's scoring, but Shea scores on a shorthanded goal, and that's pretty much all she wrote. A uh, 6-2 win for Carolina. A, a couple things I want to talk about, too. I don't know how the um, Ajo got a double minor for high-sticking on that play against, oh, I can't remember who it was. Uh, But um, actually, it was J.J. Paterka. Because what happened, as we all see, and the refs even reviewed it, it was Darlene's stick that hit Ajo's stick up into the air that caused Paterka to get a high stick. I don't understand how you even call a penalty there. I just don't, and you review it. I, I, I mean, my gosh, I, I, I just don't understand. But I'm not, L- listen, I am trying my best. And I'm going to hold this in my heart. I'm going to try uh, to where uh, no game is dit- dictated by officials, it's, ba- it's mainly on team performance. And you know what? Carolina responded so well. After that stupid penalty that the officials made on Ajo. And um, it was just done so well. Because you also had Svechnikov in the box as well. So Buffalo had like a 5 on 3 for like, I think, a little around 45 seconds. And then you had to kill off the double minor. Like that penalty kill was so good. Like it was just amazing. Carolina special teams really did well as they were 100% on the penalty kill and scored two for two on the power play that was just excellence and I also didn't really like the goalkeeper thing but it was mainly that double minor I just didn't I, I didn't understand that <laughs> at all I really did you you review the play I, I, I don't understand uh, but yeah uh, Carolina wins it 6-2. to I think that is pretty good. Um, past four games, they at least have a point. Um, they are 3-0-1 in the past four, and that is a good response after the dreaded Tampa game because that was just really terrible. And now Carolina is going to be going on another road trip. And the last time the Hurricanes were on a road trip like this was obviously in October... When that road trip was not really that good. I mean, there were some positives to take out of that road trip. But, there were a lot of negatives too. Coming out of that road trip. So, in this road trip, um, I'm going to bring up the games here. Monday starts off uh, being at Winnipeg. And then, you have a back-to-back on Wednesday and Thursday. Both are late-night games. Monday's game against Winnipeg starts at 7:30, but you have uh, Edmonton on Wednesday at 9:30 p.m and then Thursday at Calgary at 9 pm. And then uh, Friday they are off Saturday. They are at Vancouver and then they're off for two days. They'll probably come back to Raleigh in those in that two-day stretch. And then get back on the road again as they face Ottawa and Detroit. uh, Because they play Ottawa Tuesday and Detroit Thursday. And that's going to be the end of a six game road trip. Um, Basically when it comes to road trips in my opinion like this. I think when it comes to the results. You need to uh, I think get at least 50% of the total amount of points. So. Six games, that's 12 points right there on the table. And when I say 50%, I think the Hurricanes need to win three games. I really do. Uh, Winnipeg is going to be hard. Vancouver, I think is going to be hard. From But from what I've heard, who is a Vancouver fan... Uh, Vancouver has actually struggled a bit recently, especially against contending teams. So maybe Carolina can, can take advantage of that Vancouver game. Uh, but obviously Edmonton, um, ever since that loss, lost 6-3 to loss against us uh, during that ga- game, Edmonton has been looking very good they're on a they're riding on a four game winning streak and it seems like things are clicking for them the biggest thing obviously is can they make the playoffs and Calgary I think they can be Calgary I really think they can Calgary there's a lot of uncertainty around a few players in Calgary including Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm and the team's not really playing that good obviously they traded Zadarov so I don't know what we're going to get from Calgary, but I think we should be able to beat Calgary. And then Ottawa, they're not playing as good. They're they're being a little bit streaky, of course. But Detroit is the end, and obviously Detroit, they're playing pretty good. Uh, they, they really are. I think Detroit's playing a pretty good uh, game here uh, or has been playing on a pretty good stretch for the season so far. I, I think Detroit could possibly pretty pretty much make the playoffs, I think, because I think they're playing very good. And we struggled against Detroit before We have. I remember I think it was during that abbreviated abbreviated season where we had problems against Detroit. So um, but yeah, that road trip is going to be interesting. I think if you can win, I think you can win Ottawa and Calgary. And if you can win against those two teams, then you're probably going to have to really, really put on a performance against a team like Winnipeg, Edmonton, Vancouver, Detroit. If you can win one of those games and get those six points, I am completely fine with that. I think if you get at least six, that is a successful road trip. But it's going to be brutal for this Canes team. And I kind of hope, even though I don't think they're going to do it, I kind of hope that they can get some assurance on the goaltending front before heading to Canada. Uh, because I think, I, I really think they just need that insurance. You only have Ronta and off. We all know that Ronta, uh, he can get injured at any point, any moment during a game. Kachakov is streaky right now from what we've seen. He can be really good. He can be really cold. So, Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to solve the goaltending, but I think they should, especially for this upcoming road trip. Uh, but those are all the thoughts that I have for this episode. And uh, you will he- hear both Sam and I talk Friday as we recap quite a few games on Friday. Uh, we're going to be recapping the Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Calgary game. Uh, you guys will probably get... Because the Calgary game is a late game, you'll probably get that Friday game. I'm going to say this right now. You're probably going to get that uh, episode on Friday. Probably maybe toward the evening. Um, But you might get it that morning because I do have that day off. We'll see. Uh, So, yeah, we will see you guys then. Thanks for listening to the Kaniak Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniak Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Kaniak Report. We'll see you next time.